we are back. Uh, in our third segment, I guess I'd better do what I didn't do in the first segment, which is tell you a little bit about what happened down in Central America. Oh, and one bit of uh, segue I can add to our last segment uh, with, with Russell Ash is that one of his lists was the top 10 world coffee producers. And I was startled to see that after Brazil, the number one position, no surprise, came Vietnam, which I found very surprising. I am not a coffee aficionado, but uh, I did note that my uh, traveling companion uh, is, and he thought that uh, the coffee in Costa Rica was just superb. I want to talk just a little bit about Costa Rica because uh, it's considered to be one of the great travel locations uh, of the world right now, and it's hard not to like Costa Rica. In fact, I'd say if you know anyone who's gone to Costa Rica and not had a great time, you know, send us an email at info at radioparallax.com. Because I've looked pretty hard, and I think I can state that no normal person can go to Costa Rica and not have a great time. Although one caveat, if you decide to go down to the Osa Peninsula down near the Panamanian border, which is one of the last... I think it is the last great stretch of, of protected uh, rainforest in Central America. Uh, you better take along some industrial strength insect repellent. Both Gordon and I looked as though we had a case of the measles after spending four days in the rainforest. It does appear that in four days we each amassed somewhere between one and 2,000 insect bites. But I don't know any place else uh, you can go and hike and see troops of monkeys having a rumble right above you. It was something out of uh, Jane Goodall. I mean, at one point, a capuchin monkey band uh, was having some internal strife. Evidently, a young male was trying to pal around or join the group, and he was being driven off by some of the other males. The, uh, the young monkey looked down at us, the interlopers, the, uh, the humans, and decided to use us as cover. He swung through the trees and got really just a few feet away from us, banking on the fact that his, uh, his tormentors would not chase him right up to the Homo sapiens. Anyway, it seemed to have worked. Uh, he was hanging out next to us, screeching and yelling, and, uh, and the other guys decided, well, you know, we don't want to get that close to those smelly humans. But it was funny. They quickly adapted to us being around and went about their business, which in the case of the capuchin monkey seemed to involve turning over every dead leaf to look for grubs and insects, which they just did methodically. One female alternated between holding her baby and cracking open a coconut, which she'd pulled off, uh, off the shore. That was pretty funny, watch, watching this monkey banging the half-coconut shell uh, trying to extract more of the meat out of it, uh, with success, evidently. We also saw spider monkeys, which tend to hang out higher up in the tree, although they were occupying pretty much the same territory, just eating, uh, they are both eating berries, I noticed, on one particular tree. The spiders are kind of quiet and very long-legged, hence the name spider monkey. My favorite probably was the capuchins, but I did enjoy the sounds of the howler. A few days after visiting Corcovado, we took a river uh, estuary trip um, in the northern part of the country where there was an, a number of howler monkeys. And after practicing, I got down the howler call pretty close. And no, I'm not going to do it in the microphone but because <laughs> it requires you yelling really loud. Although Mr. McMillan's looking very disappointed is going to prevail on me to try it. Well, we'll see. Anyway, later on the trip, uh, in Nicaragua, we're passing through the rainforest on this volcano in uh, in Lake Nicaragua. 
And I decided just to give it a try to see if there are any howlers around. And by God, there were. We smoked a couple of them out that were only like about 150 feet away. Oh, God. All right. L- let me give it a try. This is, this is what it sounds like. That, that is only an approximation. But it was good enough to fool a howler monkey. So, so I guess it was, you know, good enough. Anyway, for the second year in a row, I was able to witness, uh, you know, volcanic explosions and hot lava rolling down the side of uh, the Arenal volcano in the north of the country. And then a day later, come out of the mountains and go for a swim on the Pacific coast. Uh, unfortunately, real estate developers are down there in a big way, and I watched at the, uh, at the Valero Hotel where we were staying on Hermosa Beach by Playas del Coco, Costa Rica, as numerous Americans were walking around on their cell phones saying things like, this is a gated community, you're able to have a homeowners association, you got to think about what you want to do down here. we got a new golf course going in. About this point, I was, I was searching for some Polonium 210. To make a long story short, Costa Rica, very nice, recommended highly. I uh, hope you may be able to get down there and check it out, dear listener. Uh, Nicaragua is, uh, is, is less on the, the tourist circuit these days, especially since uh, Daniel Ortega has been elected to uh, take the reins um, come next month. The U.S. government spent a lot of money to try and get rid of the Sandinista left-wing uh, government of Nicaragua in the 1980s. Uh, after Ronald Reagan at one point uh, referred to the fact that the Sandinistas were only two days' march from McAllen, Texas. Perhaps being somewhat geographically challenged, uh, Ronald Reagan maybe didn't realize this required marching through Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, and the entire length of Mexico before you could arrive at the Rio Grande. Uh, my, my friend Gordon was reading this book titled Blood of Brothers by Stephen Kinzer, which told uh, the entire story of Nicaragua, how it was we supported uh, the Somozas. Uh, FDR famously said in, in the 1940s, yeah, Samoza's is a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. The book is now on my uh, to-read list, uh, particularly when Gordon revealed that uh, evidently when um, Bill Casey, CIA head, was being grilled by Congress about the need to overthrow this government, he kept referring to the name of the country as Nicawawa which prompted one senator to ask, how can you overthrow the government there if you can't even pronounce the name of the country? One depressing thing about Nicaragua is the uh, utter lack of garbage pickup. Uh, the, the town of Granada seems to smell like burning plastic, and, uh, <laughs> and next week's burning plastic seems to be strewn about you know, every square foot of the city. Gordon at one point stopped to take a picture of a garbage can, having not seen one for many days. But the people of both countries really couldn't have been nicer. And I got really used to eating fresh food. The beef down there is raised on grass, not, uh, not, not you know, shoveled full of corn. I started reading Michael Pollan's book while down there, The Omnivore's Dilemma, and regret very much that I missed his appearance here at UCD on the 29th of November. But Michael Pollan is on our short lists of, of guests, desired guests for this program, and we hope to bring him to you in 2007. One thing I am swearing off after my trip to Central America is Coca-Cola. I've enjoyed drinking it for years, but down there they still make the stuff using cane sugar. And 
this high fructose corn syrup sweetened garbage that uh, they're purveying up here in uh, in California is just not drinkable. So it appears I'm going to let go of my one vice. Anyway, Costa Rica recommended highly. That's a no-brainer, but I also recommend Nicaragua very highly. The roads are very good. We rented a car, drove about, and really had no problems getting around. In fact, the Pan American Highway, which we drove from Leon in the north of Nicaragua down to the border, is in much better shape than it is in Costa Rica. Things, of course, could change uh, with the advent of the new Daniel Ortega presidency in, in 2007, but we don't think so. No one down there you know, seemed terribly worried about the prospect of, of uh, Ortega Part 2. So our guess is it's going to be a nice place to visit for a long time. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left, so all the science stories I've been piling up, all the other miscellaneous stories I've been piling up, are just going to have to go by the wayside. We will try and uh, catch up next week with that as we do our, our annual look back at the end of the year, primarily at uh, some of the people who left us during the year and some of the notable events of 2006. All right, let's do a, let's do a few obituaries here, uh, all three from the entertainment uh, industry. We'll leave uh, for next week to talk about Augusto Pinochet and the late, great Milton Friedman. I'd like to note as we go out today the passing of Joe Barbera, one half of the Hanna-Barbera animation team that produced such beloved cartoon characters as Tom and Jerry, Yogi Bear, the Jetsons, and the Flintstones. Joe uh, Barbera and Bill Hanna first found success creating the highly successful Tom and Jerry cartoons, which, um, which I've never got. I've, I've never understood why people enjoy this, uh, these, these, this cat and mouse, which blow each other up, burn each other up, but do all these <laughs> torturous things to one another without any dialogue. I was astonished to read in the obituary for, for, for Mr. Barbera that the Tom and Jerry cartoons won seven Academy Awards. was a much bigger fan of the Flintstones as a kid, which I fondly remember watching uh, my sister and I watching over uh, my grandparents' house. It was, I, I believe, the first animated uh, program to be given a primetime slot. It used to air on Friday nights back, uh, back in the 60s. Like uh, The Simpsons, uh, decades later, The Flintstones found success in primetime TV by not limiting its reach to children. We also note the passing of Chris Hayward, a television writer who developed the klutzy cartoon character Dudley Do-Right, and helped imbue the rest of the Rocky and Bullwinkle gang with the same sense of silliness and satire. Bullwinkle and Friends came out of the Sunset Boulevard studios of Jay Ward, who warned against underestimating viewers and encouraged his writers to take pot shots at everything, Mr. Hayward once said. Hayward's writing partner Alan Burns noted that his philosophy was just write sharp stuff for yourself and the audience will get it. It was very freeing. Chris Hayward won an Emmy for his, uh, his writing on, on television, which included work on Get Smart and Barney Miller. And finally, we note the passing of actor Peter Boyle, who left the life of a monk to study acting and went on to become one of the most successful character actors of his time in films like The Candidate, Monster's Ball, and our favorite, Young Frankenstein, where he plays the monster. 
Peter Boyle finished his uh, his career on the what we think was unwatchable TV sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. But we'll always love Peter Boyle for his memorable impression in Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein, in which he played the bumbling monster brought to life by the addled grandson of the original Dr. Frankenstein, played by Gene Wilder. Favorite scene in the movie, the, the, the takeoff on the original Frankenstein, where, the, where Dr. Frankenstein unveils his monster to a crowd who is horrified by this beast that's uh, this, this patched-together human who's been reanimated by Frankenstein who I believe in the original breaks his chains and moves out into the audience. Well, in the Young Frankenstein parody, Dr. Frankenstein comes out in top hat and tails to introduce the monster when they then do a duet to Putting on the Ritz. Very memorable moment in film history. Anyway, to Peter Boyle, to Chris Hayward, and to, to Joseph Barbera, we would like to thank you for the efforts you've made over the years to entertain us. It appears we are out of time. You've been listening to Radio Parallax, which is produced by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. Our thanks to Russell Ash, who joined us from London for today's program and is the first time we know of that we have shared a guest with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, and one final addendum before I go. I would like to note that as a biological sciences major here at UC Davis back in the 70s, I first heard about this creature, which I did witness in the flesh for the first time in Costa Rica two weeks ago. It's a small, lightweight lizard that's capable of getting some motion going and literally tiptoeing across the surface of a small body of water. The natives call it the Jesus Christ lizard. Collars, white spats, and lots of dollars spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the ritz. Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes and cutaway coat, perfect fits. Putting on the ritz. Dress up like a Trying hard to look like Gary Cooper Come let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks Or umbrellas in the mitts Putting on the ritz